Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Hello and welcome to Revolution. As always, thanks for uh, listening. Always glad. Uh, to have you here and to be there, I guess, or to have be there with you wherever you are. Um, got some cool things coming up, but secrets just for a little while, but cool announcements coming soon. Um, just working on some stuff for Revolution. I'll let you know soon. Um, but yeah, so I just had my what had one of my wisdom teeth taken out. Well, now I have two wisdom teeth taken out, and next week I have to have two more taken out because I'm getting deep cleaning, and I found out the deep cleaning had to do with some issues from my years of being a smoker, which I haven't been a smoker in probably five or six years, but ugh, it stinks, and it's painful, and uh, the painkillers make you nauseous, so it's a great combination, but so we might take a week off for me to heal up after this next one because uh, it it's going to be quite a doozy from what I hear. Um, but, you know, we've been through Galatians. And I'll tell you what, I could do Galatians for forever. Matter of fact, next time I go through Galatians, maybe we'll call it Galatians forever. Um, I really love the book. And uh, we finished up last week the study, but today I'm going to go through basically Galatians in a nutshell, or uh, favorite verses kind of of Galatians through Galatians, um, starting with Galatians 1. Um, so then you'll be all Galatians out, so we can get started on some new stuff. But, uh, you know, I really like it. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to do a tour with this material little Galatians tour. So if you have a church or know some place in your town that would like to have me come out and do a thing on Galatians, um, I'd be glad to work something out and come out and do that. Um, all my booking information is on my Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. Anyhow, so yeah, that would be cool. A little Galatians tour. Um, but right now we're going to start with Galatians one and I'm just going to go through, uh, the different verses that stand out to me and that have stood out through me to me through this study. And, uh, I think in a way this talk could probably stand alone, stand on its own just as a Galatians reference. So anyway, but Galatians one six is where I've started. I'm astonished that you are so quickly desert deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. The reason I like this is because this is one of the most grace-driven books in the Bible, yet it is a letter that's a complete like rebuke to the people who are uh, going back to the law. And he you know, really starts out right out of the gate. Like, I'm astonished. Why are you turning so quickly? What's going on? And uh, it sets the tone, and he does it again. And I could just imagine if 
hearing this letter if I was just sitting or reading it through one setting, which I've done many times, but he kind of goes back to that again a little bit later in three. But it's right out of the gate, and I really like that. So then in one ten, he says, I'm now, am I now seeking human approval or God's approval, or am I trying to please people? If I were still pleasing people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Um, again, one of the reasons I like this verse is because it sets the tone and he's saying, you know, I'm being totally accused of people pleasing because of what I preach to you because grace is good news and because I don't think you should be, uh, have to be circumcised, which of course, you know, the, this group was arguing circumcision and of course I guess they would say well Paul doesn't want you to have to do that in order to win you over so it's a lot of you can tell there's a lot of back and forth here but um, I love that he was being accused of pleasing people because he was being more inclusive and because he was reaching out to more people Um, because that's been the story story of my life a lot I guess an okay accusation good company Um, and then 23 says the only they only heard they only heard it said the one who formerly was persecuting you is now proclaiming the faith once tried to destroy and then glorify God because of me and I like the idea that it just sums up the fact that what Paul was, he was, you know, against Christianity. He wanted to see the faith destroyed. Um, and then he became proclaim the, the, one of the, the biggest proclaimer of Christianity. Matter of fact, a lot of people will tell you to this day that we probably still have Christianity thanks to Paul and his writings. And um, there's, there is uh, no doubt that after Jesus, Paul had one of the biggest effects on the church. So I just like this and this, I figured these are, you know, notes you could take if you wanted to do a quick study through Galatians and just hit these PowerPoints. So that's so far this Galatians one and six and then Galatians one ten, and then Galatians one twenty three. Now I'm going to jump over to two Galatians two, six. It says, and from those who were supposed to be acknowledged leaders, what they actually were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those leaders contributed nothing to me. Now, one of the reasons I like this is because Paul is talking about God shows no partiality. And I think in the church, in Christianity, we play the game of showing partiality. We show that, you know, we, we definitely play that game. We act that God has certain people who are the voices and and are not the voices. And because it's scary not to think that. It's scary not to think that there aren't people who have it. But I've never met anybody who's had it completely. You know, my theology is like puzzle pieces from different theologians and different philosophers and different people I've read and people I've known and different experiences I've had in my life. And I've never met one person who just grasped the whole thing. Have I met people who was close to that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think of Brian McLaren or a Brendan Manning or somebody like that who I really like, or a Paul Tillich. 
but still there's disagreements there. There's still wouldn't see eye to eye on everything. Um, it's pieces, you know, and, and, and there is no favoritism there. And I think it shows that we've, why it's important to have a well-focused, well-balanced faith and not just go, oh, this guy's my guy. You know, I'm a follower of Paul or I'm a follower of McLaren or I'm a follower of, you know, uh, James or I'm a follower. You know, no, we follow Christ and we seek truth and we find truth through people and sometimes we'll find things that we don't need and it's it's like in a 12-step meeting you go in and you take what you need and you leave the rest and a lot of that's what we've got to do and that's not just saying we take the easy stuff but uh obviously we take the hard stuff too but let's keep moving because we want to get through this today and i get a lot of favorite verses (laughs) Galatians um, 11 uh, through 14. So we'll read this fast. But when Cephas came to Anatoch, opposed him into his face because he stood self-condemned for until certain people came from James, from James's, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But after they came, he drew back and kept himself separate for fear of the circumcision faction. See, remember um, last week we talked about, and the week before that, don't separating, having separate factions is something to avoid because that's a thing of the flesh. And the other Jews joined him in this hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was led astray by the hypocrisy. Now Barnabas is his partner in ministry. But when I say that, we were not acting con- con- consistently to the truth of the gospel. But when I saw that they were not acting consistently with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, which he's talking about Peter, the rock of the church, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? So right here you see him say, practice, put into practice the idea of God is no respecter of men. If Paul had anybody to be afraid of or would be worried about anybody's concern uh, or anybody's opinion, it would probably be Peter. And uh, Paul was very clear that he knew where he stood and he knew how important grace was, even if no matter at what cost, even amongst the, the inner circle. And to me, that's a really beautiful expression of what grace is and that when we need to speak out, when other people are being treated differently, are expected to be done treated differently. I was uh, see right now how this ban on people from certain countries and are being banned from coming into America, and a lot of them are Muslims. And you know, this is something that's wrong. We shouldn't be doing that. And it's 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 clearly you know you see the things in the verses like this, and people say, "Oh, it's because we're trying to keep us safe," or "Oh, it's trying to keep us this." You know, no, it's making blanket judgments on people and creating factions and separation, and that's not what we're called to do. You know, we're called to live in unity. We're called to live in one. And I mean, I can't see that or say it clear. And I can't. See, I mean, I could probably say it clear, but I can't see it clearer than in this book that continues to show people are called to be one. Um, and it's not just Christians who are called to be one. You know. Paul will say, especially 
Christians, or especially people of the same faith, but that means also others. And uh, we get nowhere by excluding them, and that's something that's happened. And uh, it's got to stop, and it feels like the world's gone insane. Um, I know for me, it's just, I battle with depression, with how the world's acting right now, and it doesn't help my depression at all. But I've gone out, I've done some protests, I've done some different things, and, and uh, I encourage you to let your voice be heard, because right now it's, it's extremely important. Uh, let's go on. Galatians 2.16 says, Yet we know works, yet we know that a person is justified not by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. And we have come to believe in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by doing works of the law, because no one will be justified by the works of the law. I think that clearly sums that up. No one will be justified by doing works of the law. And whether that is the old law or a new law that we create, we have to remember that that's not... Justification doesn't come through that. Simple. And 20 through 21 of Galatians 2 says... And it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if justification came through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Once again, that clear statement of that faith doesn't come through the law, it doesn't come through traditions, it doesn't come through rituals, it doesn't come through these practices. You know, if it did, then there was no need for Christ to die. Um, now, some people say, well, what is that, you know, atonement theory and different things like that. But I believe that Christ came to show us what grace really is, to show us the true nature of God and what grace is. And uh, I think you could even say that there was no need for Christ to come if it was through the law. Not just die, but to be here amongst us. So um, in the New Living Bible, which is what I used to read a lot from, said, um, I'm not one of those who makes the death of Christ in vain, or I don't make the Christ of death in vain by obeying the law. And I always thought that was interesting, that, you know, because people always say using God's name in vain. I'm not one of those who treats the death of Christ in vain. And uh, here it says nullify. Anyway, let's move. Keep moving. Three, one. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. Now this goes back to 6, where we started in one six, where he goes, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you and his grace, Christ, and are turning in a different gospel. It's like Paul gets this oomph again, and it's what's interesting when having these numbered. It's really interesting to read this book without the numbers in it and reading it as a straight letter. But you see it's it, how it moves in waves and uh, Paul's thinking. All of a sudden he goes, you foolish Galatians. You know, he gets it again. Who has bewitched you? Who is, you know, you used to see Jesus Christ clearly. You know, he's saying you're making Christ death in vain. What's going on? And that gets him so angry that he says, you fools. 
And this is a serious, angry rebuke, but he wants these people to say, you know, let's remember Christ. Let's remember who Jesus is. Let's remember this message of faith. Let's remember this message of freedom and this freedom to love one another, you know. And it's, it's passion is just so clear here. Another reason I love this book. Um, I'm going to jump all the way over uh, through some of the Abraham stuff to uh, 17, where it says, My point is the law which came 430 years. My point is this the law which came 430 years later does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. And the reason I wanted to share this verse was is because it shows us that the message of Christ, you know, the message of grace came 430 years before the law. You know, this was a, a, a message that was clearly given much earlier. Uh, justification through faith, justification through belief. And that sums up the whole argument with why he's giving this Abraham argument and and what's going on with Abraham and, and what Abraham's promise and all that did. And just to clearly point out, this is something that was even a promise that was given before the law. So take that for what it's worth. Three... Uh, 28 and 29, which is my favorite, I think, that there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, and you belong to Christ. I'm going to even go up in further. 28 says, there is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And you are being one, belong in Christ, then you are... Abraham's offsprings, heirs according to the promise. There's no more hierarchy. There's no more separation. Once again, as Jesus, as, as you know, the message of Jesus becomes central again of unity, one, why, what Christ came to show us. He goes back to when he was confronting Peter at Anatoch and saying, listen, you know, circumcision faction can't come in and separate us. Um, you can't separate yourself. We're all called to one. He goes back to, you know, God shows no partiality. It's all, you know, continues to come and, and, and tear these things apart. And these are still things that we still, male and female, you know, uh, differences we see. We, we, we have hierarchies of, of, of ourselves. And, and this is saying this is not at all, especially as Christians. And that's what's interesting is because so many uh, Christians in particular denominations hold on to this separation of male and female or these differences that separate us. And uh, it's as though this verse doesn't exist. Of course, they'll say, well, then what about this verse and this verse and that verse? Well, I'd be glad to have that talk or that conversation one day, but uh, it's not today's sermon. Um, but this is where I stick. And... Uh, I don't. I don't think it could get any clearer. I mean, neither Jew nor Gentile, you know, neither Christian nor Muslim. You know, if you think of it that way, it puts a different uh, perspective on things. Perspective on things. Galatians four. I'm going to jump to ten. <clears throat> 
You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid that my work for you may have been wasted. So it's just clearly saying that these are not what gets you saved. You know, this is not a superstition religion that's based on observing special days and months or seasons. You know, that's not what it's about. It's not these are hoops. And I, I don't know, I've always felt that important for some reason um, because we always we might not have those where we're certain days or certain we have certain things or certain ideas or certain fears or certain reverences uh, that we're afraid that if we don't have we're not in Christ and it seems to be the argument here is that we're always in Christ we might be acting outside of that realm we might be sowing our flesh we might be going back to the law we might be doing certain things but the fact is, is we're in Christ Strangely enough, the only time it talks about falling from grace, which I'll mention in a minute, is when we go back to law. 4.16 Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you, but you for no good purpose. They want to exclude you so that you may make much of them. And Paul here again is making it clear that these guys want you to follow their rules and their regulations so they'll be their reputations will be safe that they'll be boasted that they'll be talked about positively that's happened so much in the church today where people worry about how they're reflected um and i think that's a very important verse in four at 16 and 17 um so they'll exclude some of you so that they make, make, make more of themselves. And that's what we see happening today. I mean, it's, uh, it's painful. This is a painful time to be alive. It's a dark time, I think, in America's history. And uh, I know you don't all agree with me. Uh, I have my Facebook and my Twitter, and I, <laughs> I read comments sometimes. But uh, I hope you'll take this to heart. Uh, politics is not the savior. Moving on to uh, to five, five three through six says, once again I testify every man who has let himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the entire law. You who want to be justified by the law have cut yourself off from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. So, you know, when you hear fall from grace or fall from grace, it's when we go back to legalism, when we depend on the law, when we depend on religion, when we depend on man's traditions, when we depend, on, you know, if you're circumcised or not circumcised, doesn't matter. You know, Paul says, thank goodness, because I'm, well, we won't go that far. But it doesn't matter. You know, whether you're observing special days or months or seasons, it doesn't matter. Whether you're male or female or Jew or Gentile, it doesn't matter. When these things matter is when we fall from grace, when we fall from that. And that's important to look at is our, ask yourself, are we causing others to fall from grace? Are we ourselves falling from grace by how we're treating others? Are we afraid to communicate this with others? 
and those who are causing others to fall from grace, are we somehow effectively learning how to communicate with them with love and grace, but also with honesty? You know, are we helping clear up misinformation when we see it? Are we willing to take a stand like Paul did against Peter when Peter followed a bad example? Are we willing to take the stand and speak truth to power? Twelve, I, I just I, five twelve is. I wish those who were unsettling you would castrate themselves. I just find it interesting again that this is one of those moments where Paul kind of comes up again and 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 seems angry. You know, he, he calls foolish or why have you turned so quickly? You know, and now it's like I wish they'd castrate themselves. You know, I mean, this is a passionate sermon. This is a passionate rebuke. It's not even a sermon. It's a passionate letter that's saying, you know. I wish these guys would castrate themselves. I wish they would stop. I wish they would leave you alone. Um, these are, you know, I hope all these little verses that I'm throwing together here just to go over Galatians makes sense. But this is why this is such a beautiful book to me. Even in the middle of, of seeing Paul's human side and his humanity and him getting unsettled. Um, it's part of life. It's part of theology. Thirteen says, For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, not only to use your freedom as an opportunity for self indulgence, not your sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self indulgences, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in this single commandment you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If however you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Another if not my maybe my second favorite verse in here is this one is uh, right after the other Jew or Gentile um, it would be this one is because it says and it's it's funny because it's not just to love your neighbor as yourself it's if however you bite and devour one another take care that you are not consumed by one another the fact that we're not often careful with our faith and our religion and our belief system and our convictions not to destroy other people not to consume them or not to be consumed by them. And I think this is a powerful warning of what can happen when we become obsessed or when we become overwhelmed or when we become consumed by something. I see this in my own life with depression. When depression starts to consume me, I fall it starts to destroy my life and destroy my quality of life and my relationships and people around me because I'm consumed by it. And I have to work to not allow myself to be consumed by this disease that I struggle with. And I have to also do it with my anger and with my resentment towards other people, uh, often other people of my same faith, or right now people in politics. You know, it's it's tough. Um, maybe nearly impossible. But take care of yourself. Be careful. Don't bite and devour each other. Now, 519 through 25 is a long way to go, but it's, it's talking about, you know, when you follow the flesh, you know, fornication, uh, idolatry, sorcery, 
strife, jealousy, anger, quarreling, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and these things, these are the things that come from following your flesh. Um, it says these people will not inherit the kingdom of God, which people have made into heaven, which we talked about this probably not, if not last week, the week before. Um, but then it goes right in to say, but by contrast, the fruits of the Spirit, and this is what it's talking about. It's not talking about heaven or hell. It's not talking about the afterlife. It's talking about now. So it's saying, you know, these type of things will destroy your life. But by contrast, if you live in the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control, you know, there's no law against such things. And so what it's saying is, is if we want to experience God's kingdom, if we want to be in God's will, if we want to experience what it's like to live uh, in the ground of being, these are the love, peace, joy. These are things to have. These are things to produce. This is what comes from loving your neighbor as yourself. These are things that uh, are fruits from your actions that you'll maybe know this is the right way. I have peace about this. I have patience about this. Because uh, sometimes we have to have patience. When you love people, patience is uh, not just a virtue. It's a necessity. Loving others is tough. Loving your enemies is requires patience. It requires kindness. It requires gentleness. It requires self-control. These things are required in order for us to be able to even grasp the concept of, of doing things like loving those who persecute you or loving those who hurt you or, you know, seeing people as equals. You know, this, these are things that are, that are really required and are not required in the way that you've got to have these or else but they're just personality traits. They're things in our lives. They're, they're, they're areas in our lives that we need to have in order to do, be able to do certain things. So sometimes we need to step back because we're going to bite and devour one another if we don't have patience, if we don't have kindness, if we don't have generosity. You know, We're going to destroy one another if we don't have self-control. And so sometimes it's best just to stand back. It ends with, let us live in the Spirit, but let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not be com- conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. So it goes on again. Stay away from envy. <laughs> Stay away from going after one another. Stop. Don't be con- so concerned with each other's stuff that it tears you apart. And, uh, you know... So obviously it's not saying be passive and don't say anything, you know, where we wouldn't see Paul's rebuke to Peter and Anatoch back in two eleven. But it's also saying being very careful. And he also says, I wish you would who are unsettling you would castrate themselves. So you see he does lose his temper, he does lose some self control. So you see this is not someone who thinks that you're just gonna get magic abilities, the fruits of the spirit are just gonna be these magic beans that you take and then now you're perfect doesn't happen that way. Not even the person who's preaching it, telling us, not even this person we get called a saint is able to do that. And it's evident here in the, in the writings in front of us. Uh, it's evident in the discord amongst the saints here in the writings in front of us. Um, but there's a striving for it. And that's what we all we can do is strive. We can't make it happen. Um... Jumping down to six, which again, this is Galatians, basically, for Jay in a nutshell, highlights, the highlight reel. One through five, my friends, if anyone is 
detected as a transgressor, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in the Spirit and gentleness and take care that you yourself were not tempted. We talked a lot about this in the last sermon. Um, so I won't, won't go into it too much, but the importance of restoration, I think, is something that also in the church that we restore people when they fall and to realize that when Paul's talking about people here, he's talking about the same people. He's saying, I wish they would castrate themselves or I wish they would do this. Or he's talking about Peter. He's talking about James. He's talking about uh, this group of, uh, you know, I think they were called Judaizers who were coming in saying you need to be castrated. And I think he's saying, you know, and he's saying this to these people reading the letter, like, you need to restore each other. You need to be restored. We all need to be restored. If you think you're too good, you know, then you're only kidding yourselves. You know, be careful that you're not tempted, because I tell you, when he's talking about restoration here, he's talking about restoration from legalism, and legalism is a very tempting thing. But I think it's important that we understand that restoration is a part of this process that he's saying rebuilding these relationships and not letting them remain torn down, not letting the anger to fester or remain here is part of the idea of healing is a part of this message. It's not just like we're going to write off this group of people. No, we want to see this group of people healed. We want to see us united. We want to see us together, and it's going to require some patience and some generosity and some faithfulness and some kindness and patience and peace and joy and love and self-control you know these are the fruits of the spirit that it's going to require for us to be able to restore one another and take care of each other goes on to say in 6 2 bear one another's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of christ for it is those who are not for those who think they are for those who think for those who are nothing think they are something they deceive themselves so when we think we're too important to help others or we think we're too enlightened to help the unenlightened. We're only fooling ourselves. All must test their own works, then that work rather than their neighbor's work. So focus on your own life, not others. Um, you remember that, hate the sin, not the sinner. And uh, just say, I saw someone had a shirt, and it just said, or it's not a shirt that was a saying or something. It said, focus on your own damn sin. Um because that that hate the sin, not the sinner, is just doesn't go anywhere good. I've never seen anything positive come out of that. The two end up getting confused, and sin is, is something that we all deal with. We end up hating ourselves, but uh, all must test their own works rather than their neighbor's works, which is happening here. Will become cause for pride, for all must carry their own loads. And it's funny that it also says right above that, bear one another's burdens. So, because it's hard for us to carry each other's loads, it's hard for us to carry our own load, um, but that's what we're called to do. And if we're lucky enough, we'll have friends and people in our life who help us carry our, our burdens as well. And I hope uh, things like Revolution in, in the Galatian study helps you with your own burdens and helps you carry your own burdens. So, um, I'm going to end it there for me. Those were my favorite verses out of Galatians and out of this Galatian study. Um, I think we might take next week off and, um, then start, start fresh, start a new sermon. Uh, who knows if we'll do a study or just a, a sermonette. We'll see. Um, but thanks for listening as always. 
also if um you know if you get something out of revolution if you consider revolution your church or something that's encouraged you please consider your support we really could use it right now um things are slow and uh you know still have some bills and we have some cool stuff coming up and uh we definitely need your support behind that but uh i'll talk more about that later so once again thanks for listening this is revolution church